Hello, and welcome to the Organizer Chicks podcast. I'm your host, Amber Taggart, and I'm glad that you're here with us today. We're going to be talking about kids and clutter today, and I want to preface this entire episode by saying that the things I'm going to be sharing here today are just the things that have helped with my family. I'm a mother of four. My kids are nine, seven, four, and two years old. And there are also things that have helped with my clients, but I hope that you'll feel free to take the concepts here and tweak them, change them for the personalities and the, the people in your family, the ages of your kiddos, the schedules that your family keeps. In today's podcast, I'm going to be sharing some of my best tips to help our kids to declutter and to be able to tidy their own spaces. But if what you're looking for is more of a truly deep dive or maybe something that is tailored specific to your family and your children's needs, you're always welcome to reach out to us. It may be that working together virtually makes more sense, or you may want to check out one of our online workshops as well. I think it's really important that we start out by accepting the knowledge that the average American child is truly over-toyed. The UCLA Center for the Everyday Lives of Families tells us that America has 3.1% of the world's children, but purchases 40% of the world's toys. And we're doing this out of love, right? These toys are gifts at birthdays, and they're from grandparents and aunts and uncles and friends and loved ones. But the fact of the matter is, we are overwhelming our children with stuff. We need to give them the gift of boredom. And so helping your kids to have a tidy space has to begin with identifying and letting go of what is excess. It's important to recognize that while children don't have the adult vocabulary that you and I might, they have the full gambit of human emotions, just like we do. And if you've ever had that experience where you tell a kid to go straighten their room and they get noodle-legged on the floor, or they maybe walk off down the hall as if they're going to clean the room, but then you just find them staring at the wall 20 minutes later, it's entirely possible that they're overwhelmed to the point that they can't be functional in that moment because as children, they don't have the tools needed to process an overwhelming and daunting task. I encourage you to start wherever you are. Whatever age your children are, I can tell you that they are not too old to get started, and I can also tell you that they're not too young to get started. Even the youngest toddler can contribute to family cleanup time. The important thing is to not expect sudden perfection from yourself or from your kids. So to get started, we know that we have to declutter. Chances are that your kids have far too many toys and they're not being given the gift of boredom. We know that when kids can toy hop and just go from one toy to the next to the next, they're never really doing that deep imaginative play. And that is really important for our kids. Fred Rogers famously said that play is often talked about as if it were a relief from serious learning, but for children, play is serious learning. Play is really the work of childhood. Mr. Rogers was exactly right then, and and scientists agree with him now. Having toys that light up and that sing and that make noises and sounds, and having so many of them that our kids can flit from one to the next to the next, is thought to be impactful in terms of attention deficit disorder. One of the goals that I always suggest to the clients is to keep a one-to-one ratio in mind. And what I mean by that is keeping in mind a ratio of years to minutes. So if I'm working with my four-year-old, I want to make sure that she does not have any more toys available to her than it would take her four minutes to clean up. Generally speaking, I find that this ratio allows the child to have some, but not too many toys for them to handle. And... Some, but not too many toys to keep them distracted all day long. 
Again, I want to say that I'm speaking in generalities here. You know your kids better than anybody else. You may have a kid who does well with more toys, and you may have a kid who needs to have fewer toys than this ratio that I'm talking about. But as a general rule, a one-to-one ratio of years to minutes has worked really well both with my personal family and with my client's children. For the vast majority of us, that means that a pretty serious toy purge is probably in order, and so we suggest what we call a toy roundup. And basically, that's where we take all the toys that are in any given room out of their toy boxes or from under the bed or wherever they might be hiding, and then we set them all around the room, putting like with like. So you might have a collection of all the Legos in one corner and then all the baby dolls and all the cars, whatever the categories of toys might be. You want to put like things with like things. And then you have the task of deciding how much stuff are we going to be keeping today. Now, this is a conversation that I highly suggest that you have with your spouse or a concept that I suggest that you think about before you get in front of the children. You need to come with a number in mind. And it's a draft, right? (laughs) That's basically what it is. Now, what we're going to do is help our kids say, we are going to let go of some excess items today. And what of these things do you love the most? And it's really, really important that we help this to not be punitive in the minds of our kids. We don't want them in the headspace of thinking, what do I have to get rid of? The phrasing is, what do I want to keep? And so keeping it in that positive mindset is really important. The idea here then is that let's say you've decided that My three-year-old can have 14 toys. That seems like a good number to start with. So you want to let him or her go around the room and say, okay, you know, you get 14 toys. Which one of these would you like to have first? And then let them go pick whatever they love the most. And that goes in their toy box. And then it's time for round number two of the draft. And they go pick a second toy and they pick a third toy. And again, the focus here is on what do you really love and use and want to keep? Very often I'll have parents who say to me, but they play with everything every day. I come by the room and all the toys are out there playing with all of them. And to that, I would say that may be true. They might be playing with all of them, but are they doing that deep, imaginative gift of boredom playing that you really want them to be doing? And two, are they really playing with all of the toys or do they want toy number 43 but have to throw toys number one through 42 out before they could get to number 43 at the bottom of the box. I also will suggest here something that we've talked about in the past when it comes to purging, and that's the concept of giving goodbye a test run. So what you might want to consider doing with toys that are kind of on the cusp or that your child didn't choose, but that you think they might really, really miss is you might want to put them in a separate maybe box and put them out of sight and out of mind for a solid week. Now put a date on the calendar because when the week has come and gone, you want to let yourself off the hook and say, okay, if it wasn't requested in these last seven days, then I'm now free to let it go and to go donate it. But don't feel afraid to kind of give goodbye a test run that way if you feel like you might really regret letting some things go. But one of the best ways to make sure that this doesn't feel punitive, it doesn't feel like a punishment, it doesn't feel like you're just taking toys away, is to make sure that your kids are super involved in the donation of these items. And I would actually suggest that this is the place that you start. Start as a family talking about the need to let go of some excess. 
maybe even talk about this podcast as a family and discuss the statistic that America has 3% of the world's children, but 40% of the world's toys. Talk about how blessed you and your family are that you don't have just enough, you have more than enough. And talk about the needs of other people in your community and how the things that you have in excess can actually help meet some of those needs. I am a big fan of getting kids involved in researching different charitable organizations when and where you feel safe to do so, it's a great idea to actually go and take your kids on a tour of the space. Ask to visit with a manager on site of the nonprofit thrift store that you're going to be donating to, for instance. Ask him or her to tell you about the mission of the organization, who the proceeds, who the toys are actually going to, and how they're going to benefit other children in the community. Where it's possible, volunteer and get your kids involved in every bit of this that you can. Then when you're at home and you've done your 14 picks or your 28 picks or however many picks of toys that were designated as the keepers, everything that didn't make the cut gets bagged or boxed up and make it a fun family excursion. Get excited about it and say, hooray guys, I'm so excited because that means that all of these other things are going to be such a blessing to some other kids in the community today. Say to them, do you remember when we went to visit Catholic Charities or Samaritan House or the Women and Children's Shelter? Well, today we get to go back and we get to bring these toys to this organization today. Aren't you so excited? Do you want to help me gather them up? Get everybody on the same page. Get everybody excited. Plan to grab an ice cream cone afterward and make an event of it. Again, it's imperative that this not become something that feels punitive. And then one of my favorite things to do as soon as you come home from this trip to donation is to come home and organize the things that remain. This is actually a fantastic time to do what we like to call leveling up a room. And that can involve some pretty inexpensive ways just to give a room a new feel. Maybe it's that you rearrange the furniture. Maybe this feels like a good time for a big girl bedding set or a new chair with a lamp for your son to read in. But this is a great time to create a really big physical change, and that will make all of this even more of a positive experience. I encourage you to keep organization in the room simple. The younger your kids are, the more important it is that putting things away be a one-step process. If you've got a toy box with 20 small bins in it and lids that have to be lifted, or if you're trying to get your child to put away their Legos by color coding them, that is not realistic. It's not winnable. And it's probably going to feel like punishment to your child, especially if they're on the younger end of the spectrum. Don't be afraid to get one fairly small toy box. Those hollow square ottomans that you can buy for 20 bucks at Walmart are fantastic for this. The goal is to make sure that putting things away is very simplistic. So this process that I've explained for toys can absolutely also apply to clothing. Sit down ahead of time and ask yourself the question, what number of outfits do my kids really need to have? As I mentioned earlier, my husband and I have four kids and our oldest two are boys. They're seven and nine years old and they're 20 months apart, but they're basically the same size kid in height and weight. And so for several years now, they've been wearing the same size clothing. They share a room, they share a dresser, and they share a wardrobe. And between the two of them, they have 14 total outfits. They have three pairs of shoes, two church outfits, and we just try to keep in mind that everything should be pretty much what's called a capsule wardrobe, where everything can pretty easily be mixed and matched together. 
We do have a few other odd things like swim trunks and swim shirts, maybe a special class t-shirt that they wear for field trips, but generally speaking, they each have seven outfits. Now this may seem like an incredibly low number, but here's the thing. Having fewer pieces of clothing means that laundry has to be done really regularly. And it means that when it's time to do the laundry, it's not an ordeal. It's one load. Wash it, dry it, put it away. Ta-da! If this sounds a bit appealing to you, but you're a little bit scared of going so drastic as to only have seven outfits, start out with just 12 or maybe 10. And remember, you can always give goodbye a test run by putting away all but seven outfits and seeing how that feels to you. I'm here to tell you though, as a mother of four, making sure that everyone has the clothing that they need, but not more than that amount, has truly simplified our lives. So now that you've gone through the process of letting go of excess, it's time to help our kids learn how to put things away. And a big part of this starts with helping our children to understand where home for individual items is. We don't want to overburden our kids with work, but we do want to start to hand off responsibility to them. And honestly, the younger the better. When our kids can have even a small area that they're in charge of, and it's something that's winnable for them, they're so proud of their accomplishment and that increases their self-esteem. One of the most important keys to make sure that your kids are being responsible for their spaces consistently is to create a family ritual. And there are probably already some ritual spots in your home and in your family if you look for it. Most everybody has a nightly ritual and it may look like there's dinner and then there are baths and then there is a book and a song and then it's bedtime. And so the key is to find these hinge points in the day or in the evening where you can slide a new task into a ritual that already exists. For a lot of families, a nighttime cleanup is a given. And if you're only going to do one cleanup a day, this may feel like the time for you. For families who have younger children who are inevitably dragging more toys out throughout the day, you might want to institute both a night cleanup and a right before lunch cleanup. Don't be afraid to play around with this and think about what fits the specific needs of your family. But the important thing is that your kids feel that everyone's in on it together. One of the rules of our house is when one works, all work. And that doesn't mean that kids don't have time to be kids. It just means that when it comes to tidying and organizing and cleaning up after family meals, Everybody has a part that they can play. If you haven't already caught it, I really encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast about groundwork and specifically about the family meeting. You want to talk with your family. You want to let them know what's in it for me. You want to let your family know that you want to create more time. You want to play and and be together more. One of my favorite exercises is to have a family stand at the edge of a room before cleanup happens. Say the living room, for instance. I encourage parents to ask their kids, When you look around at this room right now, how do you feel in here? And then be quiet. Let your kids think about it and let them express the way that they feel. They may not really have the words to explain it. They might say something like, I feel blah in here. And that's okay. But it's important to let them connect their external environment with what's going on with their internal environment. Once you've had this moment to take it all in and to think about how you feel in this space, It's time to jump in, make sure everybody understands their responsibilities, and that everyone understands where home is. When you're first helping your kids get into the habit of tidying their own spaces, you're going to want to work alongside them, at least for the first few times. But I suggest weaning away from this pretty quickly, maybe helping them get started and then stepping out of the room and say, okay, I'll be back in a few minutes and I can't wait to see what you've done while I'm gone. 
The next time, just peek your head into the room and say, okay, I'm excited that you're getting started. I can't wait to see the finished product. And then after that, let them do it on their own. Again, the cleanup should be so simple and so well explained that a kid truly can do it on their own pretty easily. When they come and tell you that the job is done, I highly encourage allowing for big reveals. Our kids love to come down the hall and grab our hands and tell us to close our eyes while they walk us down the hall to their rooms. They like to count backwards. Three, two, one, open your eyes. I encourage you to let kids do this. Let them be proud of what they've accomplished. Let them have the big reveal moment. And when they do, clap and brag and point out only the positives. At first, you'll want to help with any areas that are not done or not done well. Release the imperfect and do not crush the spirit of a child who's proud to show you the tidying that they've done. I encourage you to point out three good things before you point out anything that could use a little more work. You might say, wow, your bedspread looks so nice and neat. And look, you stacked up all of your books right here on the shelf and all of your shoes are in the bottom drawer so nicely. I bet you could get all those baby dolls put away by the time I come back down the hall in a minute. Will you show me when you're all done with that? When the work is done, I encourage you to go through the exercise again of standing at the edge of the space. Ask your family again. Look around at this room, you guys. How do you feel in here? And be quiet. Let them voice the way that they feel inside that newly tidied space and let them be proud of the work they've accomplished. Help them to connect the way they feel internally and the environment that they've helped to create externally. Show your kids you created this space this sense of order, this feeling of peace that you feel. Again, our kids may not have the vocabulary to understand, but help them to learn words like frustrated and peaceful at an early age. Teach your kids that they are powerful in this way. They are in control of their environment. Because even when we're not in control of anything else in our lives, we can control our physical environments. By going through these steps, we're going to help our kids to develop an intrinsic motivation and a deep understanding of why it matters that we spend time organizing our spaces, and we're going to ensure that our kids are set up to win. That wraps up this episode of the Organizer Chicks podcast. Make sure to subscribe here and stay up to date with us on social media. We're at facebook.com slash the organizer chicks. And on Instagram, we're at the underscore organizer underscore chicks. Also make sure to check out theorganizerchicks.com for more information on who we are and what we do. If you found our podcast interesting or helpful today, please give us a review on iTunes as it makes our show more visible to others. And a big thanks to Sweet 25 for letting us use their song, Thinking About You. Check them out on Spotify and iTunes as well. Thanks again for listening and be sure to catch our next episode as we work to help you turn your before into an after.